0: Welcome to the Thursday, April 26th episode of Cato Daily Podcast. I'm Anastasia Glova. How much did you pay to get through college? Apparently, too much, according to Cato Education Policy Analyst Neil McCluskey. New York State Attorney General Andrew Cuomo testified yesterday before the House Committee on Education and Labor about his nationwide investigation into widespread corruption in the student loan industry and accused the Department of Education of being asleep at the switch. But according to Neil, that's not even the half of it. New York State Attorney General Andrew Cuomo testified yesterday about abuses in higher education. What has he uncovered?
1: Well, what he's discovered is that there are a lot of different deals that go on between colleges and lending companies. One of the biggest ones is that college will put a company on its preferred lender list. And in exchange for, you know, sometimes it's meals, sometimes it's revenue sharing, things like that with the lending companies. And he's found actually even more scandalous things than that, including that Department of Education officials who were supposed to be overseeing these companies were overseeing companies in which they also held stock. His findings have revealed that... If you see enough TIA-CREF ads, you're told that everybody in higher education is working for the common good and is totally selfless. And the reality is they're not. And so student aid officials have been working with companies in their capacity as school officials that they also held stock in. And what we see is that pretty much everybody's out to make a buck for themselves. And the idea that they're here just for the common good is really inaccurate.
0: Is that what's causing runaway inflation in college costs?
1: Well, in general, the fact that everybody involved in higher education is really self-interested is what's driving higher costs. Because basically the way it works is students, you know, they want to go to college as cheaply as possible. That makes sense, right? I mean, nobody wants to pay for something and they get someone else to pay for it. So they go to politicians and they say, would you give us student aid? You know, we need grants, subsidized loans, things like that. The colleges then say the same thing. They say, well, we need money to provide the best programs, so that the nation can stay competitive. So they go to politicians and say, why don't you give us money and give more student aid money? And then the colleges can raise their tuition and bring in more revenue. And so politicians, also self-interested, say, of course, you know, we want to appeal to especially middle-class voters, so we'll have student loan programs that are really geared toward middle-income and upper-income voters, so they're all getting what they want out of it. And the group that really ends up suffering are taxpayers, whose money it is that goes to so many of these loan programs that then drive up. Ultimately, the cost of college because the students have more money that's not really theirs to pay higher tuition. The colleges can raise their tuition and their fees so they can get more money to pay nicer salaries and have nicer dorms and better facilities and things like that. And the taxpayers, in the end, you know, they'd like to stop this sort of looting by higher education. But of course, there's so many other people that are looting them at the same time. You, know, you go to just about any special interest they're keying in on their one little part of the pie. And so what we've learned really is that the people in higher education are just as greedy as everyone else. And this is what drives the cost of tuition. It's everybody involved in higher education is making a buck and they're ultimately making it off of taxpayers.
0: How much of this aid goes to families that don't need it?
1: You know, we can only look at this in sort of broad picture because you can argue and find evidence that people at all kinds of income groups don't necessarily need aid. It depends on where their money is. But if we want to look at the figures that are pretty obvious that these people – could afford, if they save money and, or they spend on different things, could afford education. We know at a minimum that 30% of students who come from families with an annual income of $100,000 or more are getting federal loans, loans that taxpayers are subsidizing either by paying part of the interest or at least guaranteeing the loan so that they can have a lower interest rate than would exist if people were just on their own negotiating with lending companies. So we know at the very least, you can point to that 30% of people from $100,000 over annual income getting federal loans. This is a clear sign that there are a lot of people who are getting aid that's supposedly to help the needy who are not at all needy.
0: So financial aid is chasing tuition costs, which are chasing financial aid in a cycle. But if this cycle were to stop, wouldn't students that need the aid also get cut out of it?
1: The benefit about stopping the cycle, suppose you just stopped all student aid right now. People aren't proposing that. You'd phase it out. But suppose you stopped it right now. Well, what would happen over a few years is colleges simply couldn't keep charging what they're charging now because people couldn't pay for it and they wouldn't pay for it because it would be their own money that's going to it. So what you'd see is a lot of the gross inefficiencies in higher education would start to be cut out. I mean if you think about colleges utilize a room in a building maybe 30 percent of the time that they could. They pay more and more administrators as a percentage of their staff as opposed to faculty. More faculty spend much more time doing research rather than teaching kids. Well, all that would have to stop all these major gross inefficiencies. And when they did that, tuition would go down. You wouldn't lose any real educational value, but it would become much more affordable to people because colleges just couldn't charge the steep tuition they charge now to cover all kinds of unnecessary expenses. So ultimately, you wouldn't see the poorest people any worse off than they are now, especially considering how much of the aid is actually geared toward middle income and upper income people. And I think that you could maintain, if you had to have some sort of federal aid program, there's nothing wrong with having a loan program, or I shouldn't say nothing wrong. There are problems with it, but it would be much better than what we have now just to have a loan program through the federal government for people who are in true poverty that essentially says we'll provide the collateral for your loan by guaranteeing it. And there's nothing wrong with this because the reason that most people go to college is it vastly increases their earning potential. So a very poor student who had great academic potential could easily get a loan from a lender because the lender knows they will get their money back and that student's greatly expanded earning. And the student will get the chance to go to college, get that earning, still pay back the lender, and have plenty of money left over for themselves. So it would still be a win-win for everybody.
0: But students frequently base their decisions on which college to attend based on what kind of financial package they get. And professors, of course, come to the schools that pay them the most. So given that, how can colleges stay competitive?
1: Well, like I said, I mean there's so many gross inefficiencies in colleges. First of all, if you want to talk about faculty, you might end up seeing fewer people who teach subjects that most people don't want to learn, and pulling large salaries to do that. So you might see fewer art professors if that's not something that most people are interested in, or theology, or if people aren't interested in engineering. You might see a decline in the number of faculty and what they get paid in those areas. But that isn't necessarily where the efficiencies would come in. It could very well come in and running a more efficient physical plant, running all year long, all sorts of things that colleges could do now, but they're not. And for students, they make decisions based on financial aid packages largely now because the cost of college is so high. This is one way that colleges sort of negotiate to get the best students to say, well, we'll give you a lot of this money or we'll arrange for you to have a very generous financial aid package because we want whatever skills or abilities or academic background you might have. But if you have efficiency in the system and you see tuition across the board going down, then this just won't be a way that they attract students, or if it is, it'll be much more focused. And it won't, and this is the critical part, it won't be done on the backs of taxpayers who ultimately have no say in it. It'll be schools with their own money running as efficiently as they can saying, these are students we really want and we're going to show we want them by using our own money to entice them here. And that's really the key, make higher education run as efficiently as as any other market where everybody has to compete for the dollars of consumers. Okay, thank you so much, Neil.
0: The Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity has a new study out, Troubling Signs for South African Democracy Under the ANC, authored by Marian Tupi. As South Africa celebrates the 13th anniversary of the country's first multiracial election, the nation's economy and stability are the envy of the African continent. But Marian discovers that the country's democratic record under the ANC leaves much to be desired. You'll find a study on the Cato Institute website.